Welcome to episode 8 of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. My guest today is professional wrestler Eddie Kingston, who has wrestled in many, many wrestling promotions, including Chikara, Ring of Honor, Combat Zone Wrestling, PWG, and many, many others. This interview was kind of cool the way I did it. I did it over a phone while he was driving in traffic to what I presume to be a wrestling event. But before we get into that interview, I would just like to remind everybody that if you would like to support this podcast, go to my website, popanimecomics.com. Click on support the podcast. It'll bring you right to Amazon.com. If you purchase something while clicking on that link, I get a small commission, which helps to keep my podcast costs lower at no cost to you, so I can keep on bringing you great podcasts. Without further ado, let's dive right into the interview. How did you gravitate towards wrestling? Uh, pro wrestling was always there. Even when I was a kid, I was a hyper kid growing up, and the only way that my mother could calm me down was when she put in a wrestling tape. Most of the time, it was WrestleMania 3 she used to put in. Because that's where she used to... That was the one she would always rent. Well, most of the time, that one. So, growing up, were you a fan of WWE or WCW? Or was it, you know, old-school wrestling that you experienced? Well, living in New York, all we got was WWE at the time, but... I was lucky enough where my mother didn't know anything about wrestling. So when, when she went to go rent uh, tapes at uh, like a Video Visions or something, she just grabbed whatever said wrestling. So I was able to watch like NWA and Memphis wrestling stuff. So like I was able to see a bunch of stuff. Uh, and then when uh, we moved to uh, a different part of New York, I was able to get cable. So I was able to see like WCW and... At the time, I remember um, there being guys like Austin and Coleman and, you know, the Dangerous Alliance and, and uh, Cactus Jack and all that. So I was able to watch that and WWE at the time. So when did you want to become a professional wrestler? And how much did, like, Cactus Jack, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, the Dangerous Alliance really influence you in making the transition? Uh, I think that the... The stuff that really influenced me was uh, Eddie Gilbert when I was first got um, ESPN and I was able to watch uh, Global uh, Professional Wrestling on ESPN. Uh, Eddie Gilbert influenced me a lot. And then um, as time went on, ECW was a huge influence on me. Uh, guys like Tommy Dreamer, uh, Raven, Taz, the Dudley Boys. And because of ECW, I got into All Japan and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that have, uh, influenced me very, very much. So I think by the time I was like 19 years old, I was I had a regular union job in New York, and I just remember thinking I want to do more than just this. And uh, then I looked up wrestling schools online and found a couple and went to one. So now the first wrestling school that you went to was alongside Blackjack Mark Keanu. And Jigsaw? Yeah, Mar yeah, Marciano and Jigsaw, yeah. And that was Independent Wrestling Federation. Why did you leave that school? Oh, we were kicked out. We, we didn't we didn't choose to leave. We were forced out. Uh, we were forced out because we didn't agree with the opinions of the head trainer about how everything was WWE and everything else sucked. So we just didn't agree with it, and we kind of, I, I guess you could say we, we rebelled. And he didn't like that, didn't enjoy that, so he kicked us out. So after you were kicked out, you came 
and you found Chikara's wrestling school and the entire promotion. How did you discover Chikara, considering that it was rather new at the time? Uh, Well, me and my old partner, Blackjack, we were were into the independent scene. At the time, we were into, like, Homicide, Loki, Joey Matthews, I remember. I remember Ace Darling and, and uh, a couple other guys. I know I'm, I'm missing a couple, but we also remember the Black T-shirt squad of uh, Don Montoya, Reckless Youth, and Mike Quackenbush. But when we heard that Quackenbush and Reckless had a school open, we decided to go there. And in this school, you were trained by Chris Hero and Mike Quackenbush. How did yes. they come yeah. about to train you? Uh, excuse me? How did they come about to train you? Oh, um... Well, Clark was more with the with the lucha and the cardio, and Hero was more of the uh, still cardio with uh, storytelling and and different styles of wrestling, like the European style. And and we were lucky enough to have uh, Skyda come in, who trained the Dragon Gate guys, or at the time Toymon guys, and uh, he came in and taught us a lot of lucha. And uh, you know, we were able to have guys come in from, from England to help train us in the English style and guys from Japan to help us train in the Japanese style. So it's just, you know, the, the bottom line was it was a lot of cardio, though. That's what I remember the most about it. Now, in recent wrestling, training is becoming bigger and bigger, as with WWE's NXT program. What did your training regiment briefly consist of before you were really allowed to fully you know, wrestle and do grapples and kind of get into the technical aspects of wrestling? Uh, it was uh, a lot of cardio, uh, a lot of running around, a lot of learning how to bump, uh, a lot of basics, an extreme amount of basics before we can learn anything, like before we can do anything big, any type of suplex or strike or anything, or any type of uh, arm drag. Under, we had to learn the basic arm drag and how to properly lock up, how to properly grab a headlock and lift lock and all that stuff before we can even go to anything else. So Chikara has a very different style than other promotions. It's very lucha. Mm-hmm. How does that, you know, style sit with you as a wrestler when you entered Chikara and when you were training? Did you find it harder to adapt to or was it easier for you or did, did it have no impact? Uh, it was it was that for me personally, it was easiest because uh, with the rolling and stuff like that, you know. And I'm I'm pretty agile, so you know, especially when I first started training, I was a lot lighter than I am now. You know, I mean, all the lucha stuff was pretty pretty easy for me to pick up on. The Japanese stuff was, and I'm still learning it, but it was it was not as easy. But you know, I picked up on it. The American psychology, I picked up on. I'm still learning that too. Like you never stop learning. But uh, now the lucha style was pretty easy for me to, to grasp, and, and I like to know all styles so that you could put me in there with anybody and I would know how to do their style. Like, I take great pride in that. So in 2002, you made your official debut in Chikara with Blackjack. Mm-hmm. How do you feel that you were received by the fans of Chikara on your debut? Oh, they had no idea who we were. You know, it was our first match. We just went out there and we wanted the people to hate us. So by the end of the match, the people did hate us. So I guess we did our job. And you rose rather quickly in Chikara as a tag team where you competed in the Ultimate Jeopardy match, which was very hype. 
How, how did you feel about competing in such like a high profile match at a young, you know, stage in your career? I, I felt like I wasn't ready, but you know, I mean, at the time, Chikara didn't have nobody but students. So you, you know, you can only rely on your students. So, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't ready. I know a lot of us felt like that, but we went out there and we, and we did the best we could, you know, with that match. And, you know, we, we had fun with it as much as we could have fun with it without being all nervous. And now, do you feel that this match helped to put you on the map and, and kind of line you up a little bit later down the line for a title shot in uh, Mid-South? Yeah, I think so. I also think the the fact that guys like Dave Frazak were pushing for the tag team division and I'd be admitting up that he took a liking to me and Blackjack also really helped out a lot. Now, Blackjack was forced to retire due to a knee yeah. injury. How, how did that affect you, you know, considering that you were tag partners and, you know, just personal reflections on the wrestling business? How, how are you? Yeah, I... I thought I was screwed when he retired. I did not think no one wanted to book me as a single competitor. And you know what I mean? The first person to really do it was um, was Mike Burns at CZW and then Ian Martin and then, of course, Pac. So I was able and I got very lucky that you guys trusted me to be a single wrestler. Now, while you were growing up, you came out in Chikara and debuted as a tag team wrestler. Did you just... Were you heavily interested in tag team wrestling, or was it just booked that way and it worked? Oh no, I, I just I, I me and Blackjack always liked tag team wrestling. We were always big fans of the uh, Blame Busters, the Rockers, the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express. That was always our thing. I just remember when I was doing my union job, I would have to get up at five in the morning. I would go over to Blackjack's house and be there till three o'clock in the morning, run home, shower real quick and go to work and then do the same thing every day. But we will watch the same stuff all the time, all the tag team stuff, you know, and uh, the 80s, WWE, and then WA, you know, uh, some Memphis of the interns, I remember, from Memphis wrestling, we watched. So just, you know, whatever we can learn. But tag team wrestling was what I wanted to do, and I know that's what Blackjack wanted to do originally when we first broke it. Now, after Blackjack retired, you entered a feud with the King of Wrestling, King of Wrestling, and that entire thing started in Chikara. How do you feel that that feud started in Chikara but didn't end in Chikara? Um, it's, it's kind of weird that it started in Chikara, like you said, and then it didn't end in Chikara. Uh, it's just the fact that people saw the fact that me and Chris Hero did not get along. And then, and, and it kind of sucks because um, me and Claudio did get along, but since he was friends with Hero, it kind of put a, at first it put a real hamper on our relationship, our friendship, and then it kind of killed our friendship later on. So, you know, it's just being in that feud kind of hit real life as well. You know what I mean? So it was, it was just a weird, during, the, during that time period, it was weird because it was, I was having, what I thought were very hard-hitting, realistic matches because they were real. But then on a personal level, they were kind of killing my personal relationships that I had with people. It was just, it was a very weird time. People in wrestling speak about that the best feuds are the ones that are real. I mean, WWE has done a few of them. 
And do you feel the same way? Me, yeah, me and Hero was real. Uh, me and Claudio was not real, but then it turned real because of situations that I would like to keep to myself. If Claudio ever wants to bring it up, he can bring it up. But, you know, he's busy right now being a superstar, but, um, you know, being an entertainer. But, you know, it became real. And, and sometimes it's a good thing. I've seen people try to do feuds with guys who do not like each other, and it doesn't turn out good. You know, a good percentage of the time it doesn't turn out good for me and Hero. You know, whether I like to do it or not, uh, we have great pride in our work, and we're not going to jip the fans of a, of a wrestling match because we don't like each other, but you, but you can bet your life on it that we're going to take a little bit of liberties with each other. So, obviously, the feud exploded outside of Chikara, and Blackout yeah. was involved. How did yeah. Blackout become involved, and how did you become part of Blackout and feuding with the Kings of Wrestling? Well, I uh, I became a part of Blackout because Joker, at the time, was leaving for the Army to go to Iraq, and he told uh, CZW that he wanted me to take his place. And then just a feud with Kings of Wrestling, it just made sense for uh, Blackout to be a part of it. And then, again, you know, like I said, me and Hero was real, and then it turned everything else into into reality. I remember Sabian and Ruckus did not hate Hero, but they didn't like him, and then sooner or later it became hate because of what was going on between me and Hero and and whatnot. So that you know, it was just it was a, just a natural progression of the feud. And, and you you won the tag team belts feuding with yeah. them. What was that uh-huh. sweet for you? As like you know, being you know, kind of getting the one up on that stable. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely was. It definitely was. You know, it, it was a, a cool thing. Anytime that a promotion feels that you can carry a title for them, it's always a great honor and a, and, a, and a pleasure. And then this feud wound up continuing, and it led to you winning your first world title. Mm-hmm. How do you feel at that time when you won the title? Oh, it was it was cool, you know, especially being at CZW when I first went to CZW. There weren't many people that were happy that I was there, so it was like you know, just validation that I got the title there, and you know, then especially it being uh, over Hero made it even better. So you know, it just, and then having Ricky Reyes there and a couple other friends there, so it just made it very special. And obviously, wrestlers get injuries, and you suffered an injury. How did that affect your title reign? Injuries are part of part of the game. You know what I mean? You just got to deal with it. So it doesn't really matter. You know, injuries are injuries. And when you got injured, how did you go about rehabbing your injury? Because obviously, I mean, the most profile wrestler right now with injuries is Daniel Bryan. And- mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, I broke my ankle and got pinched nerves in my neck. Um, I just went to... I had surgery on my ankle, and then uh, just I did rehab for a couple months. I washed myself back. Uh, my neck, I just did physical therapy on it. It still hurts here and there, but it's. Uh, I go to the doctor, and the doctors always tell me everything is fine. You're looking good, so I just you know if if I feel any type of pain, I usually just go to the doctor real quick. And I haven't been to the doctor in over like three, four years for the Monday, so it's going pretty well. 
So you were also competed in Ring of Honor, mm -hmm. um, where you were in a feud with the Vulture Squad with Blackout. How, yeah. how do you feel about that feud? It, it never got off the ground. It was like two shows, two, three shows, and then that was it. I don't know why it died out like that, but it was a executive decision, and I hold no hard feelings towards anybody who made the decision to end it, so. You know, it could have been special, but, you know, at the time, whoever was in charge felt like they could not. It wasn't good, so they ended it. And I can't blame them, you know? And then you, you returned to Chikara after, you know, Ring of Honor and your stout in Ring of Honor, and you faced uh, Dordado, where the, those matches were interesting, where you, you beat him. Oh. and Yeah, uh, Lecce Dorado, yeah. Those matches were very interesting. <laughs> how, how, what were you thinking as when you were wrestling and you beat him and he he wanted more? Uh, I was annoyed that he wanted more, but I think I was saying a kid trying to, you know what I mean, trying to make a name for himself. So I don't blame him for doing that, but that's still to this day, that's still to this day, a dumb thing. I definitely took a couple of years of his career and I beat him up. Has anything ever like that ever happened in Chikara or any of the wrestling promotions that you've been into? In yeah, it happens here and there. And then guys get a little crazy. And then you also started another rivalry with uh, Claudio, which yeah. spun greatly and was back and forth and lasted for several several months. What would you feel was your greatest match with him during that rivalry? To be, to be honest with you, uh, anytime I stepped in the ring with Cordio, I, I enjoyed uh, the later years, you know, I enjoyed it because I was hitting him and he was hitting me because we did not like each other. By the end, we were just beating each other up, so I, I enjoyed that. Like, that doesn't bother me. Getting hit doesn't bother me because so, I know I'm going to give it right back. So I got to say, basically all the matches because they were all different. Are you currently watching him in WWE and his run in WWE? No, I am not currently watching. I do watch WWE here and there, but I don't stay up on it too much. Eventually, Chikara decided to unveil the concept of a grand champion, and they started with a tournament, and you eventually made it to the finals of this tournament right. to crown the champion. How are you feeling before that match began? Um, before that match began, I had a slight tear in my MCL, so I was in pain. <laughs> but uh, that's gotten better over over time and over rehab. So, but no, um, before that match, I felt a lot of pressure because it was, it was against my trainer and it was for Larry Sweeney, who everybody in Chicago loved. So it was a it was a big moment and and, and a big match for the company. And, and you, this was their first internet pay per view as well and, and how did you feel that you were you know going to be carrying in the face of the company I felt confident about it and felt up to the challenge and ready to go and, and your reign as the first grand champion lasted for two and a half years how do you feel that you had this long reign I thought it was a very good reign. I thought it was a, a reign full of story and, and controversy. And 
all that stuff. So, you know, it, it got people talking. Whether they liked it or not, they were still talking. And, and during your reign, you faced Kevin Steen slash Kevin Owens. And how do you feel about him as a wrestler? Oh, as a wrestler, I think he's great, and I, and I and I couldn't be happier for him for what he's uh, what he's accomplishing and, and and all that stuff. Now, since since you were carrying the company and really the face of Chikara, how did that affect your wrestling game? Because wrestling is psychological as well as physical. How were you psychologically when you were carrying the company? Oh, psychologically, I just went harder. And tried to beat people up quicker. No more. I wasn't trying to play games with people. And I wasn't trying to be friends with any of the guys in the back. I was just trying to get my and do my job. It became, it was fun, but it became more of a job than anything else. Who who are you facing next in Chikara Wrestling? If you can disclose it. Uh, we have uh, the King of Trios is coming up. I think it's the fourth, fifth, and sixth. As of right now, I'm in the first round action. It's me, my partners, Ophidian and Shinron against Hollow Wicked, who's the current grand champion, uh, Silver Ant, and, uh, oh man, I can't believe, uh, uh, Frightener. So that's our first round opponent. When we beat them, we move on to the second round the next night, and then, of course, the final, the last one. And where can that be watched? Uh, that's going to be in Eastern PA. Uh, it's not going to be on iPay-Per-View or anything like that, but I know that they do pump out the live streams very fast, and it'll be on, like, if you go to ChikaraPro.com, they have a thing called Chikaratopia, where it's kind of like iTunes for Chikara, for, like, the live event. You don't have to buy the full event. You can just buy one match if you want. And then, finally, before we go into promos, um, I, I was... Wondering what advice you have for people who want to get into wrestling and really get into independent wrestling and try to make it, you know, to the big time and the big show. Um, my best advice for them is to don't do what I did, which was waste nine years of not working out and work out and don't do what I did by having a big mouth, keep your mouth shut and your ears open. And then when it comes to promos, find a part of you that will fit wrestling or find a part of you that you think people will love or hate, turning up a thousand notches and become that part for that promo, for that moment. And, and do you have anything that you would like to promote, a Facebook page, Twitter, website, uh, merch? Uh, the, well, ProWrestlingTees.com, they sell the Eddie Kingston stuff. So, you know, you go check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, Twitter, my Twitter handle is weird. It's uh, at Mad King, uh, the underscore STON81. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so it will find you and you won't have to find it. And in the meanwhile, while you're waiting for next week's episode, please check out popanimecomics.com for anime, comics, and wrestling articles. Till next time, have a great week, everybody.